This podcast is supported by Evernorth Health Services. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to The Whole Story, I'm Anderson Cooper. While the U.S. is the most expensive country in the world when it comes to giving birth, it's far from the safest. The maternal mortality rate in this country has risen steadily for the past 15 years, according to the CDC. And their statistics are even more dire when it comes to black women. They are three times more likely to die from pregnancy-related causes than white women. The question is why? Why do black women face more risk when they go to the hospital to give birth? That's the question that CNN anchor and new mom, Abby Phillip, has been asking since the birth of her daughter two years ago. Abby was well aware of the statistics and made some unconventional choices when it came to her own childbirth experience. Since then, she's been surprised to meet so many other women who've made the same choices that she did. Over the next hour, she takes us to hospitals and birthing centers around the country to show us why more and more black women are turning away from traditional medical care and finding other options when it comes to giving birth. This is the sound of new life being brought into the world. The kind of moment most pregnant women dream of. Yet this is the stark reality that most pregnant black women live with. Yeah, I'm feeling pressure. I was scared. I had like, I was crying. Angel is in labor with her sixth child. What were you afraid of? Coming in and not coming out. Ashley is having her second child in one month. You know, mom's supposed to have this wonderful moment. They just weren't making it out. You know, alive out of the hospital. Elaine gave birth nearly two years ago. We're preparing for the worst at the best time in our lives. Three women, three pregnancies, one journey to understand exactly what scares them about hospitals and why some black women like me are now redefining the oldest act in human history, childbirth. A few years ago, I was pregnant with my first daughter. I knew the black maternal mortality statistics and I didn't want to take any chances. So I decided to skip the doctor and the hospital and with the help of a midwife, I gave birth in my own home. It may sound crazy, but it felt so much safer. And honestly, since then, I've been surprised to meet a number of black women who decided to go down the same path that I did. September 2023, my first stop on this journey, the Hollywood Hills to meet Elaine Welteroth. Elaine has done it all, 
a journalist, author, and television host. She was on a rocket ship to the top in 2021 when she got pregnant. It took time for me to really even sink into this new reality that I was going to be a mom. Had you ever thought about pregnancy and labor and delivery prior to the moment when suddenly it was about to become your reality? <laughs> Not at all. But there was one thing she did know. I wanted to feel comfort and safety with my care provider. But Elaine would soon learn that feeling of safety is hard for many black women to find. Our statistics are just horrible. <laughs> Dr. Christopher Mayer is an obstetrician who's been in the trenches for decades. So what happened with that? And has watched as the statistics in the United States have gone in the wrong direction. Maternal deaths for all races, including black women in the U.S., have increased, while globally, rates have decreased. I think it's come to a point where, with the increasing number of people that are becoming harmed, the noise, the protests from those people that are affected by that loss of life is louder and it's being heard more. Do you think that even with all of that, there's enough of a sense of urgency about what this problem is and what should be done to fix it? No, I don't, and I'm not sure why there isn't. Even with some of the biggest superstars sharing their stories. I had the C-section, everything from there was pretty much a nightmare. Serena Williams and Beyonce have been very open about their traumatic birth experiences, despite access to world-class healthcare. I started coughing because I couldn't breathe. It hurt so bad, it hurt so bad. Williams knew that feeling, a blood clot. She had had one before. She was undoubtedly battling for her life and I was terrified that she might die. But I was grateful that she had the wherewithal to speak up. Fortunately, because she advocated for herself, they ended up taking her in for a CAT scan and they found the pulmonary embolism. A third of all black women in the studies that have been done have said that they did not feel that they were listened to. And even a higher number said that they felt disrespected. Why? According to the CDC, a mix of structural racism, implicit bias, and underlying medical conditions make black women particularly vulnerable. We need to think more critical about the structural barriers that black women in America face throughout the income distribution. Systemic barriers that a team of Stanford researchers, including Maya Ross and Slater, say might explain why black women, rich or poor, are two to three times more likely than white women to die giving birth. These gaps by race exist throughout the income distribution. Black infants and black mothers at the very top of the income distribution have outcomes that are worse in many cases than those of white families at the very bottom of the income distribution. The current system that we have is failing black women in particular 
From the very beginning of her pregnancy, Elaine felt like that system was failing her. The doctor didn't even ask me how I was doing, didn't make eye contact with me. Did one doctor tell you you had a limited number of questions that you could ask? The doctor interrupts me mid-sentence and says, you have exceeded our two to three question max per visit, wow. and I've given you grace, but I need to leave. Eight doctors later, I realized it's not the doctors, it's actually the system. That little flicker is the heartbeat. No way. So this journalist explored options outside of the medical system. The research was hard for her to ignore. Low-risk pregnancies, births led by a midwife, resulted in fewer medical interventions, better outcomes for baby and mom, reduced rates of C-section, as well as reduced mortality rates. This part of L.A. is a very old neighborhood. Yeah. At 30 weeks pregnant, Elaine met this woman, Kimberly Durden, a licensed midwife, certified childbirth educator, and co-founder of Kindred Space. You almost can feel like you're floating. The only black-owned birthing center in Los Angeles. From the instant that she got on the phone, it felt completely different. It felt completely right. Hidden behind the graffiti and next door to a liquor store in South Central LA, it's a warm community space for moms. If this was your last visit here before you had your baby, is there any questions that you would love to have answered before then? You can either give birth here with a midwife or at home. Elaine chose her home with her husband and with Kimberly at her side. It was the most incredible feeling. It was beautiful. And also sometimes complications happen. Um, and that's part of our training. Elaine had more bleeding than we like to see mm -hmm. after a birth. And we call that a postpartum hemorrhage. And the cool thing was Elaine was not quite aware mm -hmm. of what was happening. We were able to stop the bleeding and um, give her lots of IV fluids. I had exactly the same experience. Really? I delivered my daughter and I had a postpartum hemorrhage. Mm -hmm. And I lost a lot of blood. Mm -hmm. And they managed it, mm -hmm. and it was like it never happened. You didn't walk away from your birth experience with, with birth trauma because all. you had a hemorrhage. I was you felt cared for. Totally and fine. Safe. I mean, I was fine. My baby was fine. Mm -hmm. I felt great. Look at us changing the face of home birth. We are those moms. Turns out we're those moms. We're certainly not alone. I traveled across town to visit a mom who's preparing for her home birth. Hello. Hello. I'm Ashley. Ashley and her husband Norris Barnes are getting ready to have their second child. That's also something that I get scared about. Like, if I'm not able to have my baby at home, if I go to the hospital, am I going to be safe? All right. Little deep breath. She knows there are no guarantees. Her birth story continues later. But first, a mother's dream of a healthy birth becomes a nightmare. All There Is with Anderson Cooper is supported by Evernorth Health Services. Grief is a human experience. Shouldn't the care we receive feel human too? That's why Evernorth Behavioral Health ensures all members have access to live, specialized support anytime, in person or virtually. 
with a 100% follow-up commitment to make sure that they get the help that they need. So no matter what stage of grief your employees may be in, there's always a person ready to listen. Stressful times can lead many to bottle up complex feelings, especially at work. 59% of those suffering say nothing. This can have unexpected and serious mental and physical health implications. And with Evernorth's data-driven risk monitoring tools, they can help spot challenges early and step in to guide individuals to care before they undergo any more suffering. Each person's grief is as unique as they are, which is why Evernorth offers a wide range of personalized behavioral solutions to meet the needs of every member that they serve. Learn more at evernorth.com grief support. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. It's just after 6 a.m. in southwest L.A. Hey, how you doing? Hi, Nigel. I'm Ma- Abby. I'm Nigel. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Thanks for letting us come in here. You're welcome. How you doing? New father, Nigel Robertson, welcomes me into his home. Hey, you fat mom. His eight-month-old daughter, Anaya, is just waking up. Hi, Anaya. Fat mom. Anaya. Good morning. I watch as this gentle giant of sorts and his little baby get ready for the day. How does her morning usually go? It goes good. She normally should get up, take her bottle. They have their rhythm, a routine in these quiet early mornings. So it's just the two of you guys in the mornings? Yes. It feels normal, but it still feels like awkward because I feel like a mom's supposed to been here helping out. But Anaya's mother and Nigel's partner, April Valentine, is not here. I felt like this was her moment because she really wanted the baby, so I was just happy to see her that happy. Is this her room? Yes, this is her, her bedroom. Pretty much the way that she left it. Keisha Cordova is April's older sister. I would see her every day. They were so close that April had a room at her house. This is her labor ball. This was her ball, yeah. A Cal State Northridge sociology graduate, April researched everything she could about having a healthy pregnancy and baby. She sent me her birthing plan, what her birthing rights were. She picked the doctor because she wanted a black doctor, because she says, they'll heal me, they'll see me. I don't want to be treated like I'm invisible. She's sought the black doctor because of the rates. The rates of maternal mortality. The rates, yes. April had them memorized, as did nearly everyone I have met so far on this journey. We celebrated Sister Day every year. But it was new to Keisha, who was 21 years older than her baby sister. 
I was actually shocked to hear it because when I had my kids, which was a lot of years ago, the only thing that we worried about is when the next labor pain is coming. 20 years ago, the stats were still two to three times as high for black women as it is for white women and really other uh, racial groups in this country. Historian Deirdre Cooper Owens. We now have more access to social media and news in different places outside of just the TV screen, you know, from 20 or 30 years ago. April said that she specifically chose a black OBGYN because she wanted to feel listened to, she wanted to feel supported. Should that have been a factor for her? It should have been a factor because study of almost two million hospital records in Florida looking at births found that the mortality and the morbidity rate had been cut by over 50% when you had black caretakers. But it wouldn't help April. January 2023, a rainy weekend in LA. April was 40 weeks pregnant. That Friday before, the doctor had told her if she didn't go in labor over the weekend naturally that they would induce her. Was she anxious or more excited? She was scared. She was scared. The sisters spent the whole weekend together trying to jumpstart labor, walking miles upon miles in the rain around Keisha's neighborhood. And I was like, it's raining outside. She was really eager to get labor going. Mm -hmm. So we took this umbrella, which is the biggest umbrella ever. Labor pains were on and off as they went to the doctor Monday morning, January 9th. Dr. Gwynn actually came into the waiting room. She told the hospital at that moment, I want her to be admitted. And she looked at me right in my face and says, I will meet you there. April arrived at Sentinella Hospital with Keisha and her partner, Nijah. Several hours later, she was in labor. Through the night, hour after hour, Keisha says April complained of pain, swelling, and numbness in her legs. Hungry, no food. Her family says nothing was done to address what doctors now tell us were potentially troubling symptoms of a complication, an embolism or blood clot, like Serena Williams had. It plays in my head like a horror. We ask repeatedly, I have here in my notes, how many times we ask repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly for the doctor. She would be in the hospital for more than 21 hours before her doctor arrived. Clearly in distress, Nija and Keisha say April threw up violently and repeatedly, the numbness and pain persisted. They treated her almost like it was an assembly line. They didn't check her, they didn't feed her, they didn't respond to her. She tried to throw up like thick spit came up and her body locked up and her eyes rolled to the back of her head. So I looked up and I screamed, I'm like, told the nurse, I'm like, ma'am, ma'am, help me, she, she ain't breathing. So I started doing CPR on her. Nurses called for a code blue, Nigel said, and along with April's doctor, finally took action. They rolled her down the hallway, but when they made it to the double doors, the nurse handed her the knife and she just cut her wide open and took the baby out. Baby Anaya survived. Her mother did not. What's her name? April Valentine! 
It was beyond tragic. Adjua Jones leads LA County's Maternal Mortality Action Team. She seemed to have done so much mm -hmm. that you and everybody that we talk mm -hmm. to wants to see women having the opportunity to do. It is still the bias. Something happened that should not have. We were told it couldn't have been racially motivated because the doctor and all the nurses were black. What do you say to people when they say that? There are some biases that we have as colored people that's ingrained in us against other people of our same color. And I saw her experience that. Mm -hmm. It has been eight months since April's death when I arrive on her family's doorstep. I wasn't just prepared to be a single father. Yeah. But through it all, I think I'm strong enough I got it. Yeah. <laughs> and this sweet face. Yes, yes, yes. It makes it a little easier to wake up in the morning, huh? Yeah. A lot easier. She used it uh, to walk. I'm still getting to a place of healing to be there at the moment that she leaves me, so I'm still not quite there. I'm so sorry, Mary. I'm so sorry. This is my cousin. They didn't even get a chance to hold her baby. She's not the only one. It makes us feel as if black and brown lives don't matter. It's hard to even sleep, to even look at my child after just seeing what I seen in that hospital. Later, finding justice for April and a shocking announcement by the hospital. But first, another hospital learns from these kinds of tragedies. Six days of rioting left behind scenes reminiscent of war-torn cities. Riots in Los Angeles. It was the summer of 65. A sorrowful page in American history. Six days of civil unrest. An uneasy calm prevailed. In one of the most underserved neighborhoods in Los Angeles, Watts. Civil rights leaders were quick to deplore. When the fire was put out. Ladies and gentlemen of the press. The voices of condemnation were loud. I profoundly deplore the events that have occurred in Los Angeles in these last few tragic days. It is the job of all Americans to right the wrongs from which such violence and disorder spring. It was from those burning embers that Martin Luther King Jr. County Hospital was born. A symbol of pride and a hub of services for a community in need. It was a very, very, very busy place. Obstetrician Dr. Christopher Mayer first worked here decades ago. I remember the very first day that I came on as an intern here. I personally delivered 29 women in one day. And wow. I thought, I hope the next four years are going to be How is like that this. even possible? Uh, I'm not sure. Tonight, the outrage over a woman's death. The last 45 minutes or so of her life. 
and according to witnesses, she spent it on the floor vomiting blood. But with that chaos, tragically came high-profile mistakes. It became known as Killer King. The hospital failed to meet national standards of care. In 2009, a private company came in, knocked the old building down, and rebuilt. This girl at 39. Including an innovative labor and delivery unit. Two times 10 days, got you. It's 10 a.m., the Saturday morning shift change. When I arrive at MLK to meet Angela Sajobi, the midwife program director here. Hi, Miss Angela. Hi. Hey, how are you? She's invited us to follow her on her 24-hour shift. How's it going? It's going all right. Good. This is a midwife-led maternity ward and maternity facility. What is that like to work with doctors, to have midwives leading? Most pregnancies are normal. There are a few that just need medical care. Right? So those normal ones we take care of. Mm -hmm. And what that does is it leaves our physicians to really take care of the ones that they need to take care of. Someone coming in here may never see a doctor. They may never see a doctor. So Joby and her team of midwives are all registered nurses, and many hold advanced degrees in nursing. Angela has four degrees in total and estimates she's delivered more than 5,000 babies in her decades-long career. How's it going? You ready? In this day and age, there should never be a patient that dies in childbirth. What are you doing personally to prevent things like that from happening? It's about listening to the patient, letting them know that I'm here and I'm going to do my best for you. She takes us in to meet Angel Shirley. That's her doula, Ellen, next to her. So Angel, this is your sixth baby. Yes. And you were actually born at the old MLK hospital. Yes, I was. So when I found out that I had an option for this one, I immediately said yes. She was searching for something different. I've not had support during two of my labors, and I didn't like that feeling. Mm -hmm. I felt like the doctors didn't listen to me. And she's heard the stories. This girl, her name was April. She did my daughter's hair, and she died. And so I was her first April? baby. I've seen her before. It catches me by surprise when we hear April's name. I had no idea Angel knew April Valentine. When you hear stories like that, what goes through your mind? I'm like, it could have been me. It can still be me because I'm going through this process now. Over the next nine hours, Angela is monitoring Angel every step of the way. Hey. Hello, Miss Angel. How are you? I'm doing better. Almost there. Pep talks. Okay. Some ice chips. You don't want to drink? And just being there. <laughs> you feeling the baby move? Do it be just <laughs> No. By 7 p.m., Angel is ready to push. You could come in. 
I sit here. I sit here. Do it one more time. One more time. Keep it coming. You're almost done. Good job. One more time. Awesome job. All right. You can breathe and wait for the next one. Okay. Let's breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. Lots oh, of hair. Okay. About 72 to 73 percent of the deliveries are midwife deliveries here. <laughs> With few complications. Their C-section rate is 14.6%, well below the national average of 32%. Success they credit to the unusual partnership between doctors and midwives. Also, the ongoing education the midwives have in medical crisis management, implicit bias, and racism response. For Kimberly at Kindred Space, MLK is her hospital of choice. I had never been in the community of medical providers or hospital providers that said, hey, if you have a transfer, if you have an out-of-hospital person that needs to transfer into the hospital, please come to us. MLK Hospital, which was, I was like, oh, I don't know, anything called MLK usually is like underfunded and I went there, it's led by midwives. The director of the midwives is a black woman. I was like, there is so much unlearning we need to do about all of this. There's so many preconceived notions you go into birthing with. MLK is changing those notions and renaming itself in the process. This is not Killer King. <laughs> This is my Luther King Community Hospital that provides close to the best care as possible to the community. I think in this country there's only about 10 to 12 percent of babies being delivered by midwives. I think if this model were instituted more widely, it might go a long way to resolving some of the problems with respect to mortality and morbidity, especially among black women. Today was a good day at MLK. <laughs> the joy, the happiness, something Ashley, who you met earlier, is working hard for. Will she get the home birth she so desperately wants? That when we come back. The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish. So there have been arrests, suspensions, disciplinary hearings. They're shutting down graduation events. At this moment, the part of the protests that are admirable are young people calling attention to atrocities. Michael Roth is the president of Wesleyan University. I would like to make a space for them to do that as long as that space doesn't prevent other people from pursuing their education. Listen to The Assignment with me, Audie Cornish, on your favorite podcast app. Are you going to make it happen today? Or would you just settle for another delay? Come on, you got to make it happen now. Come on, you got to make it happen now. It's a hot Sunday in the middle of July, four weeks until Ashley Barnes's due date. You can make it happen, so choose to put your passion in the mind. Start attacking, don't lose out on the action. 
family and friends have gathered to celebrate the upcoming birth of baby girl Barnes and her big brother's birthday. Happy birthday to you. Among the guests, their midwife, Kimberly. She's quite popular here, having worked with several families. It feels very old school, where it's like, you know, the midwife was the person in the community that everybody went to and everyone knew. Kimberly's business is booming. Do it right in front of your face. Oh, like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Sorry. Is there a baby happening? A baby just happened. A the baby people just we, happened. The people we, yeah. <laughs> I think it's safe to say that we've tripled what we do every month. And so right now it's feeling very busy. So how many now is busy? 12, 15 a month. I put my hands on their belly, whatever stage of pregnancy they are, and I always greet the baby. It's not just Kimberly. Midwifery is having a resurgence. In 1980, midwives attended only 1.1% of births in the US. In 2020, that number rose to 12%. And according to the latest CDC data, the percentage of home births among black women increased 36% from 2019 to 2020, and another 21% from 2020 to 2021. So how did COVID affect the interest that you started to see in home births and in midwifery care? That was a huge turning point for out-of-hospital birth for midwives everywhere. We were just inundated with calls asking about our care. Women were afraid. People were so scared. And people are still scared, honestly. Yeah. Um, of the hospital itself? Yes. They're scared of the hospital. They're scared they're going to die. When my book came out six years ago, I remember I would say in the audience, so who wants to become a midwife? No hands. Now I get emails, largely women, who want to be midwives. But there is actually nothing new about this ancient practice. Perfect. Women had been the birth workers for millennia. Black women, they were coming with knowledge, cultural and ancestral knowledge that they had been bringing from West Africa during the slave trade. They are birthing not just each other's babies, but they're birthing babies throughout the community. But that all started to change in the 19th century. When you start to have men entering into what was then called midwifery in more formal ways, going to school, studying obstetrics, studying gynecology, using invasive tools. As modern medicine has developed, home births and midwifery has declined. Especially in the Black Belt South, the number of black midwives declined drastically. People needed to take these literacy tests, just all kinds of things. So because it was segregated, black women couldn't join the guilds and those kinds of things. Another contributor to the decline, money. Hospital births cost on average $13,500 and insurance usually covers much of that. Giving birth at a birthing center costs $8,300 and at home, 4650 on average. 
Few insurance companies cover these kinds of births, and if they do, it's very limited. The estimated out-of-pocket costs for these range from about $2,000 to almost $10,000. What do you say to the people who say midwifery, home births, that's for people who have resources? I can go to other countries and get covered. Look, she's really smiling! What's the difference here with birthing? Why can't we expand that if we want to be like those other countries and improve our outcomes and not be rated so low? What really was the catalyst for making the center a reality? So Kimberly has tried to work around this. We definitely have higher profile clients or celebrity clients and things of that nature, and they often pay a lot more to get the kind of services that work for their lifestyle. And that kind of helps to balance out the folks that need a little bit more support with the financial aspect of it. But there are also other options to help defray the costs. We've also been invited into some amazing partnerships with people. And some of the organizations have provided partial grants and things like that to make it more affordable. Good morning. Hi. It's these kinds of grants which have made these midwives and home birth affordable and accessible. Is that the most pain I'm going to feel? Because I was like, nothing. No. No. Okay. So <laughs> it gets stronger, right? It's to like more people in this LA community. With our fund, we were able to get funding. And so then we were able to kind of like prepare and we we're able to pay for it on our own this time. Pay for everything they hope will help ensure a healthy home birth. How's that now, Ashley? Yeah, that's better. From chiropractor and acupuncture appointments. So this is one of the acupressure points that you could use uh, to promote labor. To personal training. Eight, nine, ten. And long walks in the park. I'm trying to be more active to kind of like get the baby more engaged and hopefully she doesn't make me wait till 42 weeks. Are you gonna make it's 12.49 a.m. and I'm off to Ashley's house. The birth when we come back. Go past this light, then at the next one, turn left. It's past midnight on Saturday, August 26th. Midwife Kimberly Durden is on the move. After talking to her today, like she's really anxious to get things going. It's been a little touch and go for her mom to be Ashley Barnes. The cool thing about Ashley is one, she will be a mom of two. This is not her first baby. Her due date was a couple of days ago. The last time Ashley was this late, she lost too much amniotic fluid and had to have her baby in the hospital. Where do you feel your movement? Over here. Aww. I'm off to Ashley's house. So this time, when the call finally comes in... She is finally in the real labor. There's a sense of relief. Allegra said all is well. What do you want to say to Allegra? Cool. On my way. Done. Okay. 15 minutes later, 
Kimberly arrives at her house. Um, definitely kind of go over everything with you. Please don't leave me hanging. I can hear their voices just encouraging me. You're the one, you're the one. You look so great. Oh, oh my God. I'm coming, baby. Precious. That was the most beautiful thing to me. Everything moves very, very fast. Less than two hours later, baby girl Barnes arrives at 1.29 a.m. It felt so peaceful and just like, it was everything that I could have dreamed of. It is the kind of birth April Valentine had hoped for. She's eight months now. Fair mama. Fair mama. Her partner, Nija, is fighting for meaning in her passing. You ready? Oh, no. How you doing? Nice to see you. Nice to see you. I'm doing okay. He is now an unlikely, outspoken advocate. I never woke up one day thinking I was going to be a single father mm. to a baby girl. I'm here to fight for women and fathers. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So they will never have to endure the pain that I endured. April's family has not stopped fighting. What do we want? Justice! We're requesting that you guys really support us. We are asking and we are begging for your help. Just give us justice, please. Filing a complaint with the L.A. County Board of Supervisors, alleging systemic racist practices at the hospital, and suing Sentinella and April's doctor for wrongful death and negligence. They both turned down our requests for an interview and denied claims of negligence and racist practices. But then, surprising to all, at the end of October, Sentinella closed their labor and delivery unit. The reason, they say, decreased demand. Does it give you any solace to know that Sentinella is closing its maternity ward. There's rejoice, sadness, and pain. Yeah. It saddens me, because somewhere, there's a girl who lives right down the street that's in labor. That that service is now being taken out of that community. That was not our intention. What we really would have liked them to do is come in and retrain and revamp that so that they could be better for the community. People are recognizing doulas and midwives now, but there's birthing centers around that these women don't know about. And I'd like for those birthing centers to be elevated to the point that these women can exercise their options and get the attention and be safe having a baby. The key to raising awareness and access, advocates say, funding. 
the evidence-based investments in the Momnibus. That could come from so-called Momnibus bills. What I was wanting was a hands-off midway. If passed, this legislation would increase aid and support to midwives, birth centers, and home birth options. It would also help midwife-led hospitals like MLK. Feeling anything yet? Um, yeah, a little bit. They are struggling to keep their doors open. They say it costs an additional half a million dollars a year to staff midwives 24-7. The work of black midwives and indigenous midwives, midwives of color. They, along with Kimberly Durden, lobbied Health and Human Services Secretary Javier Becerra when he visited in October. A hundred billion dollar investment in maternal health care. One of the important pieces that we can't miss is the legislative change that needs to take place. To train up more midwives, more nurses. We just need to push our lawmakers to prioritize putting laws in place that save our lives. I can be braver. Elaine has also become an outspoken advocate. There's no fight like a mom will fight for what's right and for what needs to happen to keep more of us alive, to raise our babies. I really don't think there's anything more important than that. Many of the moms we met on this journey would agree. Ashley, who fought for her home birth. Kimberly, who fights every day to deliver safe birthing options for women. Angela, who fights to create a hospital safe haven for black moms like Angel. And Keisha, a mother and sister who fights for her loved one's legacy. But I'll rise again. <laughs> She's so cute. She's the light of the party. That's so like April. She seems to have a joy in life. And that's totally my sister. Nothing stood in her way. She was fearless and just this zeal for life. And I can see that in Anaya. The next generation. Anaya, Tegan, and Elaine's son. Three mothers, change makers, changing the way we look at childbirth, and in turn, demanding change. The birthing center you just saw in this hour is planning on expanding to other areas where alternative options for maternity care are limited. Thanks for watching the whole story. Grief is a human experience, and the care we receive should be too. Evernorth Behavioral Health ensures all members have access to live, specialized support in person or virtually with a 100% follow-up commitment to make sure they get the help they need. There's always a person there guiding your employees using data-driven risk monitoring tools so bottled-up feelings don't turn into further suffering. With Evernorth's wide range of behavioral solutions, care can be personalized, simple, and more accessible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash grief support. Now streaming exclusively on Max, a new CNN flash talk about the album that has Nashville talking, Call Me Country, Beyonce and Nashville's Renaissance. Watch it at max.com slash callmecountry. Max subscription required.